All right, good evening, everyone. This is Aaron Maxson talking to you here on the year that was dot 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 1997. Uh, it's a two-man booth tonight. I typically try to do this as a three-man booth, but I want to be more consistent for you, our listener out there. Um, that was funny. Should have laughed at that. <laughs> our listeners. Yes. Come on, you gotta be quicker on the draw, buddy. Anyway, I'm here with my co-host for today. Nate Maxson, and we are going to discuss um, chronologically the year of 1997, and this week we are on the Monday Night Wars of 03-17-1997. Considerable, Uh, considerable day for Monday Night Raw. Yes, and um, you guys might also notice that um, if you have been listening, we've done... We'll do the pay-per-views that come between these shows. Um, I made an executive decision that we weren't doing that this week because the pay-per-view we would have had to watch was WCW Uncensored 1997. And I'm not doing that. It doesn't. And it, and 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 you said the pay you said the pay-per-view sucks, which you're not wrong. But you can say WCW Uncensored any year. And yes. it's going to suck. For some <laughs> reason, that was just like every year that was the, they put their worst foot forward for Uncensored. Yes. But we do want you guys to know the context of that pay-per-view, obviously, because things did happen at it. Um, Dean Malenko in the opening, well, sorry, in the dark match, Ice Train beat Max. That's Max Muscle. You don't know. Um, Dean Malenko then in the Opening match of the live show beat Eddie Guerrero for the United States Championship. So if you're keeping track at home, Dean Malenko is your new United States Heavyweight Champion. Ultimo Dragon with Sonny Ono, Sonny Ono defeated Psychosis. Glacier defeated Mortis. And uh, Wrath made his debut. Um, Buff Bagwell defeated Scotty Riggs in a strap match. The Harlem Heat defeated the Public Enemy. In a um, Texas Tornado match, Prince Iakea defeated um, Rey Mysterio to retain the television championship. And then Team NWO defeated Team Piper um, and Team WCW in the Triangle Elimination match, which means they can challenge for any titles they want. They can be on the show whenever they want. They're basically a um, no longer a, I don't want to say it, an island amongst themselves or whatever. They can move freely within the WCW realm is the gist of it. Um, significant things on the pay-per-view that we'll talk about on the show is Piper was upset because Arn Anderson and Ric Flair were not there. He said, mm-hmm. if I'm getting the horsemen, I didn't get all the horsemen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just got two of them. Um, and then uh, the other thing that's significant is during this match, Sting came out. The NWO thought he was with them, and he ends up beating them up. But still, Team NWO ends up getting the victory anyway. So Sting is firmly planted back in with WCW and shows that he was basically being a double agent. Those are the only really things that come out of that show. As Dean's your new champion for the United, the new United States champion, Piper's mad at Flair, and Sting is back with WCW. Yes. That was a lot easier and pleasant than watching that pay-per-view. So, you're <laughs> welcome. 
everyone. You're welcome. Most importantly, yourself, the one who has to watch it. Yes. Um, so, with that being said, we're now going to cruise on over on to Monday, March 17th, 1997. Um, Syracuse, New York, WWF, Monday Night Raw. I want to go with Raw first because Raw is a more exciting show. Um, we're going to learn that Raw this week is sponsored by Cool Borders. Do you remember what Cool Borders was? I, I I do not remember what Cool... Was it a video game? It was a video. It was a snowboarding game for PlayStation. PlayStation 1, for those of you that yes. weren't born yet. Yes. I was PlayStation before PlayStation had a number. <laughs> I remember... I remember the... Uh, I remember the the play in the first Resident Evil, Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Yeah. WWF Raw is War. Yes. Is war. WWF Raw is War. Yes. Um, we thought those graphics were piss amazing. Out. Amazing. <laughs> then there's Selson Blue. I don't even know if they still make that. Selson Blue. We both we both work retail, and I've never seen it on my shelf. And also, this I thought this was weird because Cool Borders by PlayStation, but then Sega is also a sponsor. <laughs> so that's how 90s we are. A PlayStation 1 game, Selsun Blue, which is no longer made, and Sega. <laughs> this was bringing us Monday Night Raw from Syracuse, New York. And then we get the opening factory video of Thorn in My Eye, or Thorn in Your Eye, sorry, um... The factory video is my favorite, even though I know we think about like 97 as being like <clears throat> the nostalgia of it. And it's a great, the factory video is my favorite raw opening thorn in your eyes. Not my favorite song for the opening of raw, but the, the factory video is the bees knees. Yes. Best. And it was, um, I know I say it all the time. It's like beat the dead horse, but also at the time it was so different. Than anything else. Um, Spoiler alert, my favorite song is that Across the Nation song or whatever. That's like the best Raw song, in my opinion. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, Is that the one where like, get it on? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like it had like Flair like doing the thing like that and everything. And Batista with the chains and all that. Like talking about the video, but the song, like if you would put that song with this video, I'd be like, holy shit, this is the best. I'm sure some guy on YouTube has done it. <laughs> Probably. Hell, they put this song with Seinfeld. They've been like, Seinfeld is raw. Have you ever seen those? Yes. Yes, amazing. <laughs> um, the shit people do. By the way, Selsun Blue is still a thing. Okay. It, it was like a dander shampoo or something, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Probably only get it at fucking. Let's see, CVS, Target, and Amazon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Um, because there's like some sixty-seven year old guy. I've been I using Selsun Blue. I want my Selsun Blue and my Old Spice. Yes, you'd be like, well, I, I don't have Selsun Blue, but I have Head and Shoulders. I'm a Selsun Blue man. God damn it! Head and Shoulders made by the commies. I heard. Yes. Yes. Anyway. I read that in the magazine. Still read magazines? That's what I think, too, like, with old people. It's just the magazine. Because they all get that, like, 
Hey, whatever. Anyway, we're not going to get too into the weeds on that. Um, this show started weird. It was like the theme played and everything, and they showed all the fans in Syracuse and everything. But like Jim, like they just laid out. Like they weren't even like it wasn't even Vince like welcome to Monday Night Raw and like the explosions, the explosions and shit happened, but they just laid out. And then LOD made their entrance, and then that's when Vince was like, "Welcome to Raw." I'm Vince. It was just kind of weird. Uh, I don't know if maybe they were having, I don't know if when they were having audio problems or if they were just trying something different, but little thing. Um, yeah, LOD's entrance is pretty hot. Maybe they were just letting yeah. that be the you know maybe. But LOD, they're out. People are excited to see him. Um, and they're facing Crush and Savio Vega because this is hyping going into um, WrestleMania 13 in the Chicago Street Fight. They mentioned that um, Farouk and uh, um, Ahmed Johnson are banned from the ringside. They're not allowed to come out. Um, they're brawling all over the building. Um and Johnson, he I don't know what they call it. I always just called him a corner promo. It's not that he's in the like his screen is in the corner. Mm-hmm. So I always just call it so uh so if you guys hear me say that, that's what I'm meaning. I'm sure somebody will be like, it's actually called a well, whatever. I don't give a shit. It's a corner promo. Um but Ahmed Johnson cuts his corner promo and I do not know I'm not making fun. I know we say it all I don't know what he said. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, then Farouk, um, he cuts a corner promo and he starts talking and he goes, you can, you can bring those. He he goes to say something and he goes, wait a minute, stop. I forgot who I'm talking to. I'll go fully bonics on you. So you understand what I'm saying. He said, you go and get them their road warriors all you want, but they ain't going to make a lick of difference. So he said it like that so Ahmed could understand him. Um, I thought it was funny. Um, and then they settle the match down into a regular tag team match. Um, they say they're going to go back and um, interview Farouk again. Farouk's not there, so they go to Ahmed Johnson, who's now watching from – he's now watching a monitor – Talking about how he, even though he can't get to the ring, he's still going to watch his boys back. And then Farouk attacks Johnson with a nightstick and says, maybe you should have somebody watching your back, back, you stupid-ass black fool. <laughs> they went hard. They went full-on like Louis Farrakhan with uh, Ron Simmons during this Farouk run. Yes. Maybe you should. I'm not even going to repeat what he said. But anyway... Um, also watching this, I know like we talk about a lot of things like hindsight and this, that, and the other thing. Um, this sounds like what Ron wanted to kind of do in WCW. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if like Eric Bischoff or anybody was like looking at this and being like, man, maybe we should have. Yeah. Well, but the, it. I think the issue with, with, uh, with w, doing a WCW, I don't think it would have made it past standards and practices in WCW. I think I, I don't think the racially charged thing would have made it through that process. I guess is what I'm possibly, saying. Possibly, possibly. The reason I think it's kind of what he wanted to do was because, like, when he first came in, he's I mean, you know, he had the gladiator helmet and shit, but he had Sonny with him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? 
mm-hmm. and he wanted to have Sherry with him. So I think it was just, I don't know. Yeah, like, like I said, I don't know. I just, or maybe if it's not even like do the racist thing, like at least let or racial thing, like let him be a heel and work with hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think I think I think. I think Ron Simmons is an underrated thing in the Monday Night Wars of... Oh, he was definitely one of the biggest misses for WCW. That's what I'm saying. Like, everybody talks about, like, oh, well, they should have done this with this guy and that with that guy. WCW dropped the ball letting Ron go. Yep. Totally think that. Um, and then the um, the LOD is about to get the um, Doomsday device on Sabio and the NOD pile on the Warriors. So the referee throws the match out. John and then Ahmed Johnson comes out in a horrible, like not a lot to the imagination, even though it's fully legged spandex outfit. I was gonna ask you when you said um Farouk jumped him, I was gonna ask you if he was if he was wearing his 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 hideous spandex outfit. Well, he had a jacket on, so you couldn't tell. Like he had on like a leather WWF jacket or whatever. But then he comes out, he doesn't have his jacket on. He's got like his his spandex onesie or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's gross. And there's I I don't understand Ahmed Johnson's clothing and tights. And all these decisions that he made, like his tights would just become like a thong every time. It's like buy something better. <laughs> like nobody wants to see that. Nasty. But anyway, um, this was a decent way to hype up um, the uh, Chicago Street Fight at WrestleMania 13, which is I always looked at WrestleMania 13 as kind of a triple threat main event type of WrestleMania, and obviously this is one of them. So they did a good job. Um, got any comments on that? Nope. I know there was a lot in there, but there was a lot in this segment. This is like, this would be like the equivalent length of a promo at the beginning of Raw now. Right. There's some guy <laughs> rambling. Seth Rollins out here telling you why he's whatever. They did all of this action in that moment. Um, then Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Jerry Lawler check in actually on camera for commentary, and they're discussing whether there's rumors going around that the um, steel cage match tonight between Sid and Brett is possibly not going to be for the title because Sid is complaining, and so is The Undertaker. And this is the first time a title match has ever been scheduled so soon to WrestleMania, which is obviously this Sunday. They also say Gorilla Monsoon is on a plane on his way back um, from New Jersey. And uh, sorry, Lawler ends up saying there's also a rumor that HBK is going to be in the building. And it's not a rumor that Stone Cold is here. So they're setting the, setting the um, bait or whatever we want to know that like all the WrestleMania people are here. What Shawn Michaels is going to do if he gets here. Gorilla Monsoon's on a jet coming to coming from New Jersey to Syracuse. I don't know how long of a trip that is. I don't think a jet would be needed, but <laughs> at this point in his life, he's willing to spend that much money. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, like you said, they're setting the board. They're also giving you a reason to maybe not change the channel. Yeah, you want to see Shawn Michaels? He might be here. And um, so the next match is. Triple H with China. They finally gave her a name. They finally put a name on it. 
China, and she's officially his bodyguard versus Flash Funk and the Funkettes. And um, as I've been doing 1997, I've seen these guys wrestle a couple times, and they actually, Triple H like, and, and Flash Funk, actually fucking gel well, I think. They do. Like, mm-hmm. I never saw them have a bad match, and, and I just... I like watching these guys wrestle each other. You got two two top notch performers. Um, <clears throat> too cold, who of course did you know his own personal shit got in his way. And Hunter, you know, and, and I, I, I'm definitely don't want to get in the weeds, but I just want to make a statement. <clears throat> if you watch his career, yes, as far as wins and losses, and maybe sometimes in promos or what have you. Hunter did bury a lot of people through his career. I'm not going to say he didn't. However, Hunter, no matter who he was in the ring with, always gave his all in the ring. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even somebody, even somebody that in a storyline, like he's going to bury them. Like he's he's feuding with this guy, but this guy's actually never going to beat him. Hunter would always at least the match would be good. You know, yeah. He never he never likes no. He never uh, what's the word? Uh, um, Sandbagged anybody? Sandbagged anybody or anything like that. I mean, yeah, granted, he's going to beat him one, two, three at the end. But no, but yeah, same same with Two Cold. Two Cold always had good matches, and like you said, they they gelled well together. So I enjoyed this, and I'm also, um, I don't know if I'm in the minority of. I mean, I know I'm not in the minority of the fact that there's Two Cold Scorpio fans out there, but I actually like the Flash Flash Funk gimmick. And the entrance and all that shit, I thought it was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, put into this match, um, China distracts Flash Funk, which allows tri- Triple H to get the pedigree and the one, two, three, good, solid match. And then after the match, China and Triple H uh, get in the ring and just beat up Flash Funk. And that's just how that ends. Um, then they show that tri- that uh, sorry I almost said Triple H. They sit. They show that HBK has officially arrived to the building, and bunch of dudes boo, bunch of chicks screech. Like they're like, Wah! like you hear like like big fat women just losing their minds about the fact that Shawn Michaels is there. Um, uh, and then. Um, Guess what time it is when we come back from break? Vader time? It's close. It's mini Vader time. Ah, okay. Because <laughs> we get mini Vader teaming with mini mankind to face Mascarita Sagrada Jr. and mini gold dust. Mini gold dust. Mini gold dust is the tallest midget I've ever seen in my life. Am I allowed to say midget? Yeah. He's the tallest midget I've ever seen in my life. I think Mini Goldust is like because he's his head's over the rope. It's like Mini Goldust is like the height of Kevin Sullivan. So why is he a mini? I know he's not as big as him, like why width wise, but he's like he's not a he's not a midget. He's a lanky midget. (laughs) He's the tallest midget I've ever seen. Um, and. As these guys are making their entrances and doing their thing, um, they sh- they go to death of a tax bill, and it is the Undertaker, um, 
and Linda McMahon showing up in New Jersey while Christy Todd Whitman, or whatever her name is, looks like Jack McBride from uh, um, 30 Rock. But anyway, she is lifting the tax bill that had prevented the WWF from being able to go into New Jersey. And the Undertaker's there because he's got like a little tombstone. He's giving it to her because she's burying the tax bill. And I'm sure she's in a fine pantsuit. She is in a fine pantsuit. So is Linda. I guess pantsuit and shoulder, like shoulder blades all (laughs) around. Even Undertaker, he's got his vest and it's got like shoulder blades on it or whatever. And it's just really weird because like Christy Tyler is like, and I'm very honored to be bringing the WWF back to New Jersey. And she wasn't like one of these people that was like, I loved it when I was a kid. You know, you know, she was like, look, I'll admit I didn't watch it when yeah. I was little, but, but my boys like it. You know what I mean? And I can bring it to them now. Like, yeah. so she was kind of cool with it. Like she, she wasn't hokey or shitty with it. Just in like a little bed at the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway, she seems like a cool lady and like, under, it was just kind of funny. Cause she's like giving this like political speech or whatever. And there's the undertaker. He's just kind of like, <laughs> 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 like, like he's just like he's being the Undertaker, but he's just like watching her. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. You got to see it; the visual of it is funny. Like because there's it's all these reporters and they're taking all these pictures and lending everybody's in their pantsuits. And here's the Undertaker. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I mean, he had to be like, "What the fuck am I doing here?" You can send anybody else. <laughs> it seems more like a Brett thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, so, um, well, I guess Sean just came back. But you know I'm sure I mean. they, I'm sure they sent him because of the burying the tax bill. I know, but couldn't they have thought of something else? Giving the tax bill a sharpshooter, anything, yeah, something. But now it's the Undertaker. Um, then um, the, the minis have a actually pretty good match. Um, the winners are uh, Masquerita Sagrada Junior. and. Um, Mini Gold Dust. If you guys don't know, he winds up being Max Mini because I think they got tired of trying to say Masquerita Sagrada Junior. But and anyway, they w- and they wanted to target at him at kids. Yes, so he becomes Max Mini eventually. Um, but after this match, uh, uh, Mini Vader he's running up the ramp. He's trying to get away, and um, Masquerita pushes him off the pushes him off the stage, and. Gets his little legs going and just hits one of the most amazing goddamn crossbody blocks you're ever going to see in your entire fucking life. Yep. It is amazing. <laughs> I like, I almost forgot about it, but I watched it. And I'm like, why is that not a highlight that they still show to this day? Like that little ball of a man just flung <laughs> his body off. It was fucking amazing. And then, like, Mike Kyoto just comes over and just, like, picks him up. (laughs) 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 And carries him away. (laughs) Like, like usually, like, you'd have to have, like, like seven or eight agents out there picking his eyes up. Kyoto just, like, grabs him by little tights and just walks away with him. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. But, But, yeah, it's an amazing visual. And people lost their goddamn minds when he did it. Um, anything on Max Mini? Nope. I like I like Max Mini. He's exciting. We're just gonna call him Max Mini from now on, though, because I get tired <laughs> of saying Mascarita Sagrada Junior too. Um, 
The next thing up is Gorilla Monsoon. He's finally showed up. Um, and in a roundabout way, he says that Bret Hart, though he did do a lot of politicking and some some complaining or whatever um, about this title match possibly going away, he said that at the end of the day, he understands what Bret was saying and thinks Bret deserves the shot. And um, we'll get it tonight. Plus, he also told everybody that he um, had promised the fans that it would be a title match and the WWF doesn't bait and switch people. So it will be a title match tonight in the steel cage. Then we get the underrated and underappreciated Kevin Kelly in the ring and he interviews Bret Hart um, about his title match tonight. And Bret Hart is basically talking about how um, his victory tonight is going to change the face of WrestleMania 13. So, uh, intrigue. Intrigue. So, um, now we move into a commercial. And it says WWF headquarters marketing meeting. And it's Jim Ross. He's the first person we see. He goes, You want to add revenue to the to the company? Hats. Big black hats. <laughs> you want to buy. Then they moved to Howard Finkel, and he wants you to buy his. He's like, if you want to add money to the company, the greatest ring introduction, Howard Finkel's greatest ring introductions of all time are from Coliseum Home Video. Just a video of Howard Finkel introducing the people. Going, and new! Yes. And then we move into Vince McMahon, who is standing next, is sitting next to a mannequin head. That has a has a wig on it, and he's like, "It's a horse hair. It's a horse hair toupee and headset, all in one." So that's what Vince is selling, because if you guys don't know this, back in the day, for some reason, Vince McMahon wanted people to believe that he had fake hair that he yes. was wearing. A he encouraged he encouraged Jerry Lawler to tell yeah. to say he had a toupee. And Jerry Lawler said he didn't even understand why. <laughs> oh, okay, if that's what you want. Um, but this is all leading up to the fact that they have an actual product they're selling you. Well, actually two products. It's George and Adam. You remember those guys, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what they, I don't know what they actually did for the WWF. I don't know if they, they, actually they were marketing stuff or what. When I, I, I saw a, uh, there was, it, I don't, I guess you wouldn't call it a shoot interview cause it wasn't like a, like RF video or something. But kind of a shoot thing, like a 20-minute interview that somebody did with Todd Pettengill. And George and Adam both worked in production. Like they were they were essentially like they were they were like help produce mania and stuff like that. They, they were like some of Pettengill's guys in the production yeah. team. Okay. One of them still works there, but I don't know which one it is. I bet it's the fat one. <laughs> That's George, right? Yeah. I bet it's him. Um, but they are selling the WWF, um, hockey jersey and denim jacket. And, um, they both like, when he's like, what do you think of my hockey jersey? And he's like, it's the daddy. I was like, oh my God, this is 1990. Sell some blue second Genesis. They're saying this shit's the daddy. It's like, what's going on? But anyway, guess how much a WWF, um, WrestleMania 13 official hockey jersey is, or was in 
seventy dollars. Pretty much sixty nine ninety nine. And you know what? If it's a quality hockey jersey, and you told me I have a WrestleMania thirteen hockey jersey for seventy bucks, I'd probably spend it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like today, yeah. I'd probably spend yeah. it. Yeah. Now, what if I told you I have a WrestleMania thirteen denim jacket? How much are you willing to give me for that? Nineteen ninety seven. How much are you willing to give me that? Give me ninety. 90 bucks. They want, well, you weren't too off either on there. They want $100 for it. $99 plus shipping and handling. For so a denim like jacket. A, for a denim jacket, probably like 130 bucks or whatever. It's like, Jesus Christ. I would, <laughs> I can buy a denim jacket for a dollar. Not a dollar. <laughs> not, you know, not a dollar, yeah. but like I can go to work and buy a denim jacket for fucking $10 and iron on a WrestleMania 13. What a, it's like, the denim jacket, I was like, eh, that's a bit much. Anyway, um, anything on that whack-ass commercial? No. It was the daddy. <laughs> um, now, up next is The Rock, Rocky Maivea. He's coming out. He's got his uh, he's got his jeans on, his black shirt tucked in, his little chain, and his Intercontinental Championship. Just happy to be there, smacking hands with the fans. He's coming out for guest commentary, which Lawler doesn't like because nobody asked him if it was okay. And Ross is like, we really don't care, King. Like, <laughs> Nobody know. needs to ask you, King. Yeah, yeah. But he's coming out because the Sultan, who is his opponent at WrestleMania, along with Mr. Backlund and the Iron Sheet, come out to face Mike Bell, who was always just around in the WWF. That dude was yep. always just around. He might have and been a he might have been a, a Italian stallion guy, possibly. Um, but there's not really a lot in this match, obviously. But Sultan just kind of um, beats Mike Bell with the camel clutch, and then he has a confrontation with the Rock outside the ring. It doesn't get physical, um, but Rock tries to get it to Rocky tries to get it to go that way. But Tony Atlas jumps out of the crowd again and separates the Sultan. From the rock and calm, I keep calling him the rock. He's not the rock yet. Rocky Mayavea and calms him down. And that's how that ends. Um, I thought there should have been physicality because I mean, this is the last thing you guys are doing before WrestleMania, right? And the rock, Rocky, and the Sultan really haven't had anything but verbal confrontations. Um, did you get anything on that? Um, I thought I, I remember thinking, and and obviously it's going to come to uh, it's going to come to fruition at Mania. But I remember back then thinking, why is Tony Atlas helping him and not his dad? Why do they have Tony Atlas? And I know they were tag partners and everything, but and I know coming at WrestleMania, it's going to be you know it's all going to come to a head. But I just always I, I, at that time I was like, why Tony Atlas and not his dad? Yeah, but anyway, either. Um. Then we move, and um, you didn't know it at the time, but it's like the older I've gotten, I was like, "Oh man, I understand now why they picked the Sultan." Because it's like, well, he's family. He's family. We don't know how, everything about the Rock yet. This is Rock's first WrestleMania. Let's send him out there with with Keish and see. You know what I mean? Like we know yeah. he's gonna do good for him. He ain't gonna fucking try to sandbag him or bury him or whatever. Um, then Vince McMahon introduces Shawn Michaels. And a bunch of women lose their minds again, and a bunch of dudes um, start booing 
and I am I know I made the joke earlier, a bunch of big ladies or whatever, but they did for some reason. And and there were some good looking women in the crowd that were cheering for Sean, but for some reason they decided not to like hone in on them. Like the cameraman that picked it or whoever picked the shot, the cameraman was actually filming a bunch of bigger women <laughs> losing their shit because Shawn Michaels was coming out and Jerry Lawler went. Good God, he's got a bunch of ugly fans, doesn't he? <laughs> Good God. <laughs> and then HBK's out there thanking the fans and saying, I found my smile. And <clears throat> it's that and the other thing. And I didn't notice it when I was younger at this time. But when Vince and Sean were together at this time in the ring... It was annoying and phony. Yeah. Like Vince putting on the ha, ha like smiling and, and ha, ha. it's like, I like when I watch this, I'm like, this is some disingenuine fucking bullshit. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is they weren't trying to put it off that way. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, Oh, Vin man, Vin yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's like, it's like, uh, my my parents know best that I'm sometimes a pain to deal with. And he's like, well, you, I guess you know that too, Vin Man. And then Vince is like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's like, I can understand why the guys in the back were like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, um, I don't want to say it. Like, in the ring, perfectly fine. But cute, bobbing his hair, whatever, Shawn Michaels, like, it's like, ugh. It's terrible. I I don't even want to say it's terrible, but do you understand what I'm saying about it? Yes, yes. He was, um, Shawn, Shawn Michaels, again, like you said, in the ring, you can't argue with that shit, baby face or heel. But until his comeback in 2002, I always preferred him as a heel. Yeah. And, and, but, but see, even like in 95, when he turned back, when he turned face or whatever, he still wasn't like fucking hokey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he still, he was still like, like a cocky guy and everything like that. And well, and as we go through 97, he had his beard and he was fucking hairy. You know what I mean? Like he still looked like, like as a we, as we go through 97, also the thing about Sean in 97, and I know it has a lot to do with the backstage things and how, you know, how they had to change the booking or, or he he's politicking or this is what he wants to do that night. He's a different Sean Michaels from raw to raw. Like when, when raw, he'll be this cutesy Sean Michaels. And then the next raw, he's like, you could suck my balls, Sean Michaels. And then the next week he's cutesy again. He went through so many ups and downs in 97 but I like suck my balls, Shawn Michaels. The best. <laughs> um, so Sean's talking about it and then says that he's going to get his knee back um, in shape. He's going to go see Dr. Andrews. He's going to be all better and he'll be back in the ring. And the fact that he didn't get invited to WrestleMania upset him. So he's inviting himself. He said he'll also be at the Slammy Awards. Um, and then he dances away. Goodbye. Um <laughs> Up next is Big Van Vader, and he's with Paul Bearer and Mankind, and he's getting ready to face 
off against the British Bulldog, who is with Owen Hart, because at WrestleMania, this is coming up Sunday, Big Van Vader and Mankind team to try to take the tag team championships away from the British Bulldog and Owen Hart. Um, as they're coming out, Davey keeps like going to hold up his European championship, and he's got it buckled together, so it's like... He did it on purpose so they could do this bit, but he keeps trying to hold it up. And as he holds it up, Owen grabs the other side of it and he's like, Yeah. And like Davey's like, What are you doing? Like, what are you worried? <laughs> Stop it. Like, it's not your belt. <laughs> like every time he holds it up, Owen's like, Yeah, we're the European champion. But anyway. Um, um this is just basically a um high impact brawl between these two guys. They're just beating the shit out of each other. It's it's fun, but there's not a lot of, you know, Budokan Radas and shit going on in this one. Right. Which is funny, even though, because so, both of these guys could kind of do that if they wanted to. I Man, I'm not saying Vader could do a Budokan Rana, but you know what I mean. Yeah, they could um, fly They could fly around a lot more than you yeah. would think. Yes. Um, but it's a good back and forth brawler match, big guy match. Um, Bulldog gets Vader up for an attempted power slam, running power slam, and Mankind stops it, and there's a disqualification. And then post-match, there's a brawl between the two teams, and um, basically Owen and Bulldog kind of run off um, Mankind and Vader, and that's how that ends. And then we get a commercial for the Slammy Awards. Um, All all of this was... People, if you watch it and you don't know what happened, that uh, it's funny because there there are there are what at least three to four matches at WrestleMania 13 that are affected by the fact that Sean took his ball and went home. Yeah, and this is one of them because it was supposed to be Steve Austin and the British Bulldog, which I guess hindsight being 2020, it's best that it didn't because you get one of the greatest matches of all time, but. Yeah, and it was also supposed to be Vader versus Mankind in like a like a no rules match or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's how that went. Um, up next, Ken Shamrock comes out. He didn't have any music. He's dressed kind of how do I say it? He's dressed very thirty-two-year-old um, white guy from the nineties. <laughs> is what he was but he's like he's wearing a gray like silk shirt with black slacks and a belt and some black loafers just looking looking very chic as he comes out and he's got his got his hair slicked back he's ready to go um but he comes out he's gonna sit in on commentary um because he's gonna watch billy gunn wrestle aaron ferguson aaron ferguson is hairy and gross that's what I wrote. This guy is gross looking. Um, did not like the way he looked. Um, so that match is going on. And during the match, Billy Gunn is taunting Ken Shamrock verbally from the ring. Um, then Billy ends up winning with a crappy looking arm bar that Ken Shamrock has to go. That was impressive. It looked like shit. It wasn't Billy's fault. It was this Ferguson guy's fault, but it looked, it looked horrible. Um, then the post-match, Billy gets out of the ring. He's verbally taunting Ken Shamrock, tells him to get into the ring. 
Um, Shamrock obliges. Vince is like, but he's not even in his fighting clothes. He could slip or something with with his shoes or whatever. Um, Shamrock gets into the ring. Billy's mocking him a little bit, and he gets him quick into an armbar and lets him up. Shamrock's like, you know, um, you can leave now, like, because next time I'm not going to let you up. You know what I mean? Like, I was just showing you I could do what I want with you. Billy doesn't want to leave. Um, Ken lets him get a little little bit of a bear hug on him, flips him over, puts him up into the ankle lock. <clears throat> the ref gets Shamrock off, finally gets Shamrock to break it. Billy pretends like he's going to leave, tries to come back with a chair, but then gets scared and finally runs off, and people are like in, like super into Ken Shamrock. Ten UFC, which I don't think Vince wanted them to do at that point, but that's what they were doing. So basically, it was just Vince McMahon taking a guy that he trusted and Billy Gunn to go out there and and make like how do I say it with Bill? I don't want it to be like disparaging the Billy Gunn or whatever, but it's a guy he trusted to get Shamrock over, but it wouldn't hurt. Yes. Shamrock beat up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't hurt that the Billy Gunn just got beat up by Ken Shamrock. I mean, it's Billy Gunn. It's not right. doing anything right now. Um, I know you're not a huge Ken Shamrock fan, but so you probably don't have a lot on that. But I, I, I do have, I do have one thing, and I'm not a huge Ken Shamrock fan. <clears throat> and I think sometimes when I say that, people think I do not like Ken Shamrock. That is not true. I, I'm not, I'm not like... I'm not with Ken Shamrock like, oh, God. I just was never a huge fan. That's just it. But what I will say about Ken Shamrock, and I thought about this, uh, I don't know what I was watching the other day. I was watching some pay-per-view. I don't even remember which one it was. There was no wrestler in the 80s or 90s who looked like he would have been wrestling Luthez and uh, Whipper Billy Watson, Ken Shamrock looked like a fucking fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the cauliflower ear and the crooked nose. And the, yeah. I mean, you can, you can picture Ken Shamrock in a black and white picture with a little belt, like doing the pose, you know, the, yeah. the, the orangutan pose. So yeah, I was like, I was, I don't know what, it just struck me. Like I saw him, I was like, God damn, he looks like he wrestles in the fucking forties. But anyway. And he's still scary looking. Yes, he looks like jacked up Al Bundy, but he's scary. But he's still scary. Like I still don't fuck what I do. Um, so that's what that happens, and then Steve Austin, he's on the Titan Tron. Um, he said that uh, literally, you have to be impressed. Vince McMahon says you have to be impressed with what you just saw with Ken Shamrock, and he says he doesn't belong here. He's nothing but an overrated piece of trash. <laughs> and then. Um, Vince McMahon's like, what are you even doing here? Like, why are you even here? And Steve Austin says, anybody that would ask that question is a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> and that hooker by hooker by crook, Bret Hart's going to be the WWF champion tonight. Obviously, Steve wants Bret to become the champion because if Bret becomes a champion, then their um, I Quit match at WrestleMania is then for the WWF championship. Um then they go to Sid, and Sid uh, is basically cutting his promo in the back, and he's telling Steve Austin to keep his ass out of his business. 
yada 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 and they're doing all this because they're setting up the cage so then they start showing you they're showing you parts of setting up the cage and i kind of miss when they would the have big blue up. yeah when they and especially when they'd set it up kind of miss that i don't know why when i play wrestling when i play wrestling revolution or wrestling empire use I, big blue you, you probably play it like i do you play it like serious like this is my promotion no 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 i don't use big blue Unless it's a big blow off, <laughs> then we whip out the big blue cage <laughs> and 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 fucking uh, whack axe and <laughs> and whack Oz. They have their they have their big blow off in the big, big blue cage. Big blue hell in the their big blue hair in a hair versus hair first blood match. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for the Federation Online Championship. Well, yeah, I'm I'm working for Stephanie McMahon right now. So, it's, there's some fun things going on. I'm Leon Locke. That's who I am. But dressed like I'm dressed in like Godfather's outfit. <laughs> that's the play, only thing. That's play the, the only, games if you don't, folks. That's the only thing I did that wasn't that wasn't ridiculous. The only ridiculous thing I did on purpose in that game is I was like, I don't know why, but I want him to be dressed like the god, like a pimp. And he's still like, we need to negotiate your contract. <laughs> With his big feather hat. His yeah. big feather hat and his sunglasses and shit. <laughs> or they're coming to him like, I'm seriously injured. And I'm like, get back to work. Like working for Herb <laughs> Abrams. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, if you guys haven't played those games, they're not even a sponsor or anything. Just, just play them. They're fun. Yeah, they're fun. Um, so now we're going into Big Blue, the Big Blue Steel Cage match for the World Heavyweight, for the World Wrestling Federation Championship, Bret Hart versus Psycho Sid. Um, during the match, it's just a basic, they, they uh, how do I say this? It's the only thing that I don't like about WWF cage matches is I've, I don't like when you can escape. Okay. Um, Especially when the only way you can win is to escape. And that's what this one is. Like there's not a ref in the ring or anything. It's just get out of the cage. The purpose of the cage is to keep people in it. But anyway, um, Sid is the first to try to get out. He tries to get out through the door. But Steve Austin comes in and stops that. He, he pushes the referee out of the way and holds the door shut. So um, Sid can't get out. Then later on, Sid's, Sid ends up getting the powerbomb on Bret Hart. Sid goes up the cage to try to get out, but so does Steve Austin on the other side. He's not trying to get out. He's trying to keep Sid in, and they're slugging it out on top of the cage. Um, Bret Hart ends up climbing up there and is helping Austin beat up Sid, and Jim Ross is like, my God, Bret Hart and Steve Austin are working together, and he's telling how crazy that is. And then the Undertaker comes out, and he's going to help Sid. And then he ends up knocking Steve. Like, all four of them are up on the cage. Taker ends up knocking Steve off of the cage. So he goes down after him. Um, Sid um, takes the superplex, which is goddamn impressive for a dude his size, taking a superplex from Bret Hart. Um, And at this time, Austin is bashing the Undertaker with a chair. Um Brett ends up doing I can't remember what else Brett did. It wasn't anything like super spectacular or anything, but he, he does he does one more thing to try to 
keep Sid from trying to get him from getting out the door. So Brett makes it to the door. He's almost the champ. He stops on the ramp or he stops on the apron to, to gloat a little bit too early and Taker ends up smashing him with the uh, door at the same time that Sid was climbing out on the other side and Sid gets out and Sid retains his championship and he's out of well, him and he's out of there. Like he gets out of there because uh, Taker's out there. Austin's out there. Brett's out here. Like I'm out. So he gets his belt and he goes before you get, before you get to the post match, two things I want to say. One is a hill I will die on. I will fight anybody. I will, I will even fight somebody who talks to me about mid South wrestling on TV. I will fight anybody that talks to me about NWA, blah, 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 whatever. This match is Easily one of the five best booked television matches ever. Ever. Not necessarily pay-per-view, not necessarily, but the booking of this match is one of the best booked television matches to ever happen. Top five. Second, Bret Hart's entrance music. That he got after he got this music after WrestleMania 10, so, and then he obviously stopped using it at Survivor Series 1997. That's one of the coolest ass entrance themes ever. Like that that entrance theme like hypes you up. You're like, doom, 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 doom. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Anyway, that was my like I said that 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 that's one of the top five television matches of all time, in my opinion. Uh, uh, um, it's a great match. Um, we get back. Vince, he's gonna get a word with Brett. He goes to the Brett, and he's like, "Oh, you got to be frustrated." And uh, um, Brett just shoves Vince down on his fucking ass, and he's like, "Frustrated, frustrated." Is like, goddamn word for it. This is some fucking. He has to say fuck. He's like, "This is some bullshit." And. Like when he pushes him on his, like when he pushes Vince on his ass, that entire Syracuse arena is like the on center. Where I was like, oh, like whoa, god damn! Like, like it's not even like a boo or a cheer. They're just like, oh, and cheer it. At first, they're all just like, whoa. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, Brett said frustrated, frustrated is the goddamn word for it. This is bullshit. And Jim Ross is like, my God, sorry about that. All Brett's losing his mind. He said everything's bullshit. He's sick of getting goddamn screwed and grow monsoon screwing him. You're screwing me. The office is screwing everybody's screwing him. All this bullshit, this and goddamn that. <clears throat> and then um, he says, I should be the champion. Everybody knows it. Sid comes out and Brett looks at Sid and he's like, and you goddamn know it. And Sid (laughs) Sid says, I don't know shit. I don't know shit. (laughs) And jumps in the ring. Uh, But because he's Sid, it's still impressive because he looks impressive. Yes. I skipped over the fact, too, that Steve Austin came on the Screen says, stop crying like a baby, you big old loser. He's like, I basically handed you the match, you baby loser. <laughs> like a baby loser and all this shit. And then uh, Sid and Brett start fighting, and The Undertaker comes out. 
and Brett attacks the Undertaker, and Austin attacks Brett, and then Taker and Sid brawl. And so the double mini, like the two biggest matches of WrestleMania 13 are brawling all around this ring. And then for no reason at all, Shawn Michaels comes out and he picks up a metal beam and he's just kind of walking around. It's the only thing in this. I was like, that is stupid. Like there was no point in that. He's interjecting himself where he doesn't need to be. Yes. And he doesn't, and he can't do anything physical. So he shouldn't even be out there. He's in like like a sweater vest. No, he's just in a white T-shirt, like a. Oh, maybe like a I guess the, I guess this wasn't the. There was a anyway. Never mind. There's nice. one. There's one of these kind of things where he's in like a sweater vest. He looks like a substitute teacher. Oh, he's in a white shirt, like you would see like a guy in the '90s, like wear a sports coat over or whatever. <laughs> he's probably got the pocket for his cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. But and, like you know the guy that they shot on the Sopranos when they when they like I got poison ivy. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That's how Sean was probably dressed. Well, itchy. Like, like they shoot him. He's like, it itches. Hey, anyway, um, those two together are fucking funny. Yeah. But anyway, um, um, and that is how we end Monday Night Raw or Raw is War, whatever you want to call it, with those four men brawling and Shawn Michaels holding a metal beam watching. And like I said, one of the best TV matches ever. Uh, one of the best endings to a Monday Night Raw ever. And I always say the beginning of the Attitude Era is gold dust. Just, just because. And then some people would say, no, the beginning of the Attitude Era is Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. But you could also point to this show. With Brett's. I always With Brett dropping weird. the f bombs in the ring, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but definitely, again, the volume is turned up, and shit is changing in professional wrestling. And a note that I put in here was: these are like the first Raw's Wars, okay? And they're going live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. And Vince McMahon is, or whoever, the WWF. At this point, we're super fucking smart because the first Monday Night Raw or the first Raw's War, Worcester, Massachusetts. The second one, New York, Syracuse, New York, Syracuse, New York. I think they said that the next one they're going to do, Rhode Island. Like they're like, we are going live on this fucking show for two hours. We need to make sure we are in our goddamn backyard. And it, it was also we a gonna, test. We going to make a Jamaican Georgia. And have the possibility of this fucking building sitting on their goddamn hands. And also, at this time, at this time, there is truth. There is truth to the fact that Vince, in the back of his mind, was thinking that he may have to become a Northeastern promotion again. And cut back on traveling around the country. So I think he was trying to establish those markets again, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, he did. He there was a time where he was like, "We're just gonna, we're gonna have to get." A business is so poor, and WCW is so ahead of us that we may have to just be running New York, Philadelphia, New York, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Delaware. We'll just be a Northeast promotion again that's on cable. Just because he didn't think they'd be able to afford to travel, he didn't think that they'd sell in markets that weren't, you know, uh, th- thick and thin WWF markets. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, so 
like I said, I thought this was a good show, and it did a good job getting mm-hmm. the three big angles going into WrestleMania over. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, ready to talk some WCW Nitro? WCW Monday Nitro. All right, same day, March third or or March seventeenth, nineteen ninety seven. WCW Nitro, Savannah, Georgia. Okay, so they're in their neck of the woods too. Um, I forgot to mention this is St. Patrick's Day in nineteen ninety seven, and weird fact: apparently, Savannah, Georgia, has the second biggest St. Patrick's Day festival. The only per, the only town that the only city that has a bigger one than them is New York. I was figuring yeah. Boston. <laughs> for some reason, for some reason, in Savannah, Georgia, they claim to have the, like the biggest St. Patrick's Day celebration there is. Fucking lose their minds for it. Well, all right then. I, I don't know why, but they do. Um, so the show opens <clears throat> with the NWO beating down Lex Luger from Uncensored and spray painting him, and Dennis Robbins there. Uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to listen to Dennis Rodman later. Um, I think I made my feelings known the other week about how much I hate Dennis Rodman. Just in general, like I just hate the guy. He annoys the shit out of me. But he's also like one of the worst rest like celebrity wrestling personalities. <coughs> Absolutely. Um, but the opening match is um, Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio Jr. And they say that um, uh, Tony and Larry Zbysko are talking. If you get on WCW.com right now, you can pick and you can you can watch the show. And also from your internet, you can stream, um, which I don't think they said stream, but they said you could listen to um, either the Japanese or Hispanic commentary for the show. So that's just a thing they're saying you can do. Um, and with this being 1997, I guarantee you it wasn't synced up. <laughs> Probably, not. Probably not. You log on to your AOL and your commentary is like a match and a half behind your yes shit. Yeah, um, but this is a very good opener because um, I, I mean it's Psychosis and Rey Mysterio. You know, I don't think those guys could have a bad match on purpose with each other. <laughs> yeah, not if they tried. Yes. But Ray ends up winning with a pretty wicked-looking West Coast pop, and the fans are happy with that. Um, so, unless you got anything on those, this, this show has this. Show, I'm just telling you guys, this show is chock full of a bunch of short, quick matches. It's not bad, but there's not a lot of meat on the bones for this Nitro. Um, they're probably coming out of this shitty pay per view. What are we gonna do? <laughs> but anyways, unless you got anything on that, nope. Oh, okay. Um, Mean Gene then interviews Arn Anderson, who um, hasn't officially retired yet, um, but he's talking about his neck injury, and he's going in for surgery, and he's um, pretty hopeful that he'll be back. And watching it and knowing that he's not, it's like, oh, man, I feel bad for Arn Anderson. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he, never, never, he, never, he never got to have the last... The yeah, last yeah. ride, you know? Well, he kind of did. Because he got one at WrestleMania 18. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. 
he never got to have like a farewell, a farewell run, you know. And I I was making a joke on that, but that was actually kind of a thing. Like, I remember like Taker talking about it or whatever. It gave Arnold a chance to do like one last big bump in front of a bunch of people or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, uh, I I know he didn't take a last ride. It was just a joke. But (laughs) anyway, like. I think Aaron Anderson is one of those guys in the wrestling business. It's just like, I don't know him and I never will, but I believe that he's just a quality dude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then he's just like, ah, man, kind of feel bad for him. Cause you know, he, I think in his heart, he thought I'll be back. I mean, he yeah. wasn't that old when he retired. I think he was only like 40. So like, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. And he just never got it back. Um, then they recap. We're getting into the, uh, one of the only things DDP ever did that I enjoyed. We're getting into the Randy Savage DDP feud. And um, at the uncensored pay-per-view, um, Liz and the Macho Man had attacked Kim Page backstage, spray painted her, and then came out and were showing um, Playboy photos of Kimberly Page and basically running her down and calling her a, a whore. Or they, they didn't say horror, but like, anyway, saying she's being cheap for being in Playgirl or Playboy, and DDP got mad about it, and um, that was how that went. And then we get um, a live match on Nitro with DDP taking on Max. Oof. Yeah. Um, didn't Max didn't Max start as like DDP's lackey or something? Yes, he was Max Muscle. That's awesome. And, and I looked it up because I was like, I want to know if that guy ever made it like anything into the WWF, and he didn't, and he's dead. So I didn't know he was dead either. He died in 2019. He didn't, and he dead. <laughs> he didn't, and he dead. I mean, that's what you said. <laughs> I know. I know what I said. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I didn't know Matt. Did you know Max Muscle was dead? I did not. Well, now you do. Poor guy couldn't even get a post on social media when he put it. Um, DDP announced it on his Twitter or something. He was just like, Max is dead. Because I guess they're, I don't, I don't want to make light of the guy, but I guess <laughs> him and DDP in real life were actually buddies. So DDP was like, condolences to my buddy Max. Da 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 da. Anyway. Um, so DDP ends up beating Max with the diamond cutter. And then me and Gene um, was trying to interview DDP on, on the ramp and he's upset about his wife and all this. And um, Randy Savage and Liz come out into the crowd. They don't go down to the, they don't get they're up in the, up in like the middle section of the arena. Um, Randy Savage says he's the wrestler with no name. Like, I don't even know your name. You're just being a pest. I don't want anything to do with you. And then he goes, wait a minute, Liz, should I give him a match now? Or should I give him a match later? And Rand and DDP says he wants the match now. And he goes to run after him. And um, um, Liz and, and the Macho Man scurry away before DDP can get to him. So... Then uh, 
Shivani's wondering if that was Macho Man saying that he would wrestle DDP, but he never really actually said it, so they don't know. I so I, that, I know sorry. that they I know that they did this that a, quite a bit with the NWO where they'd come out in the crowd with the microphone and talk. Yeah. The only one it ever worked for for some reason for me was Randy. I don't know why, but like Randy standing in the crowd with the microphone talking. Yeah. Worked. With everybody else, it came off as silly. But for him, I don't know, maybe because Randy's like crazy and unpredictable, you know? He would be crazy enough to stand in the middle of these people and not care if they were going to be attacked or something. But yeah. yeah. Um, So now the next match um, Conan and Hugh Morris of the Dungeon of Doom come out. Okay. It's fair enough. Whatever. Cool with that. Conan is more of a personality for me, you know. Yeah, but he's not a sh- he's not shitty in the ring, and Hugh Morris is talented individual in my opinion. Very talented. Their opponents, the Renegade and Joe Gomez. <laughs> so they come out, but then Eric Bischoff and the Outsiders come out, and they're like, "What are they doing out here?" <clears throat> and um, they start walking towards the ring, but then they turn and they go to the announce table. They don't can commandeer it or anything like that. But Bischoff just says that the outsiders tonight have decided they're going to give the fans in the arena and the fans at home a treat because they're going to defend the, the, the NWO tag team championships on nitro um, because they're allowed to defend and do whatever they want, whenever they want now, because they want it um, uncensored. And then they leave. Uh, I was like, I really hope, like, oh, I was like, good. They're just going to attack these guys and lay them out. Like, nope, no. <laughs> nope. Worse, they let the match happen. Um, and Hugh Morris and Conan win this, like, abysmal match when Hugh Morris ends up getting the no laughing matter, and they want, they want the, they want the shot. They say, come on back, outsiders. Come on out. And they, obviously the outsiders don't come out because they're not going to be facing Hugh Morris and Conan tonight. <laughs> it's not going to be a thing. And then we get... Um, sorry. Yes, here we are. The next thing we get is the United States heavyweight champion, Dean Malenko, defending his championship against Scotty Riggs. And I never, I don't, I don't know. I don't mean to cut you off. Okay. And I know it's like you're talking about this match. It's like, how is there a discussion here? <laughs> but my question to you is as much as we have talked wrestling and we're brothers and we've been wrestling fans together for our whole lives, I don't know that I know if you are or are not. I don't know your feelings on Scotty Anton. You know, it's funny. I was going to say, what do you guys think of Scotty Riggs? Because Arch was supposed to be on, but today, obviously, he couldn't be for some reason. Um, no big deal. But um, I think Scotty Riggs um, had a good look, had a good build. Wasn't offensive in the ring, but he wasn't like, you know, 
He wasn't. He wasn't Brad Armstrong, but he no. also he also wasn't um, um, David San Martino. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or Brutus Beefcake? Yeah. You know, David San Martino actually wasn't that terrible. He wasn't Brad Armstrong, but he wasn't Brutus Beefcake. I think he was capable. I I think. I also think he was smart in the fact that he was almost kind of a as much of a homesteader as you could be in that time in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he knew if I go to the WWF, they're going to eat me alive. They're going to eat me alive. And then I just, I'll, I'll get shot back here and I won't <laughs> have the deal that I have now. You, you know what I mean? Like he was like, I have a good spot here. It's from everything I know. All the dudes liked him. Like he's friends with like sting. Like sting mm-hmm. was like a good friends with him and shit. Like, like, Guys that were got like upper echelon guys liked him and shit. So I just think. Well, then we we kind of agree then because I was gonna say the way I feel about Riggs is the same way I I feel, and and sometimes people disagree with me, and sometimes they don't. The same way I feel about Jim Powers. I don't hate Jim Powers. He's in his in his spot on the card. He's good. Yeah, you know, and that's the way I felt about Scotty Riggs. Like, I don't like I don't like Marcus Bagwell, but I like Scotty Riggs, and I and, like Jim Powers. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and a guy like Scotty Riggs, I, I try to like attest him to being like I don't know, like a character actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know that guy. Like the guys in all the movies. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, See, like I was just trying to think a character actor in my head, and, I, and it just like you can you know see their saying. face, yeah, you can yeah. see their face, yeah. Um, like, oh, but anyway, that dude from fun, that dude that's from uh, uh, Fun with Dick and Jane, yeah, like that guy's great in everything he's in, but I have no idea what his name is, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think those guys. Well, I was just checking some, but like, that's what I think. Scotty Riggs. Why would I fuck it up? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I get mm-hmm. to, I get to be here. I get to be with my buddies. I'm making probably, I don't know. He's probably making 150 grand a year or something like that. You know? Yeah. And he, he probably didn't have. To, I mean, he's still on the road and shit, but and, and he's a. I'm going road. I'm going town to town with my buddies. I'm making 150 grand a year. WCW pays for more shit than what WWF does. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a downside guarantee, and I'm probably getting blown every day, <laughs> every night, and the hotel. Fuck it. This is. I'll, I'll just keep doing this until they tell me not to be here anymore. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep on keeping on. So. And plus, like I said, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that he's going to win this match. <laughs> Malenko rolls him up, pins him one, two, three, retains his United States championship. Um, like I said, there's just a lot of quick, just boom, boom, boom matches in here. Um, the next match is Lex Luger and the Giant teaming yeah. up to face Knuckles Nelson and T Rantula. T Rantula is disgusting. <laughs> he, he is he 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 looks like somebody um 
rubbed a bunch of some kind of sticky substance all over Necro Butcher <laughs> and then put a bag of pubic hair through a fan and blew it on him. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Um, the only reason this match is happening, and I didn't, I've always seen T Ranchula in the magazines and shit, like the 500s and this, that, mm-hmm. and other thing. I didn't realize how big that fucking dude was, though, because he's like, he's not as big as the giant, but like, he's close. Anyway, um, Luger and the giant end up beating Knuckles Nelson and T Ranchula. And I know I went about going about a couple times talking about how, like, I think the giant Luger are kind of boring as a team or whatever. Watching this crowd, I don't know if it's because they were in Georgia or what, but I was like, man, I don't like it, but I can't deny it. He's because yeah. that fucking place was losing their goddamn minds for Lex Luger and the Giant, like <laughs> fucking losing their shit. Like nobody was like, people were like throwing their kids in the air and fucking. If there was guns, they would have been shooting them off. It was fucking nuts, and it was for this match between. The, the giant Luger and T Ranchula and Knuckles Nelson. So I was like, this is fantastic. Um, then the giant, he and Luger are going to cut a promo after the match. Um, they're really excited about Sting coming back. Giant does a decent job. Luger starts out good and should have ended when he did, but he didn't. And he kept trying to go and he kind of went into like Lex Luger mode where he starts to like jumble words together and mm-hmm. like he just kind of lost he kind of lost the promo and then he kind of lost the crowd a little bit and you can like see it in gene's face like gene like looks down at the ground and then he's like back up and he's like all right gentlemen we gotta like so it was me and gene doing me and he was trying to think how can i get luger back on track and then he's like i don't have any way to get luger back on track so we <laughs> down um then they show um, Stills of Sting kicking the shit out of the NWO. And then they do a recap of the Blood Run Cold, Blood Runs Cold bullshit. Um, and then in a match, this match with entrances, I think I clocked it at like three and a half minutes long. And it's a shame because guess what the match is? The match. <laughs> It's the Ultimo Dragon versus Bobby Eaton. <laughs> like somehow I'm not surprised. Three and a half with entrances. And Bobby didn't even get an entrance. Like it was just Ultimo Dragon and he had like a quick ass entrance with a bunch of pyro. They do a couple things. Bobby gets up on the top rope. Uh Dragon hits a Hudakan Rana on him off the top rope, pins him one, two, three, and that's the end of it. Like, ugh. That could have been so much more. And then the NWO, they all come out, and um, it's just the obligatory NWO promo. Hogan stroking his own ego, talking about Dennis Rodman. Then Randy Savage says he's decided he'll face DDP. And then the Outsiders say they're feeling charitable today, so they've decided they're going to give um, the Steiners a title shot at Spring Stampede, and then somebody blasts Scott Hall right in the fucking head with a big glass of ice. And Scott Hall no-sells that shit, slicks his hair with it, (laughs) and Eric Bischoff goes, and his hair was perfect. (laughs) 
It was one of the slickest goddamn things I'd ever seen in my life. Big cup of ice. Fuck you. Even though you know he wanted to be like, God damn it. Kev, like, Kev. It, it didn't come it didn't come from like the front row. Like it came down. Mm-hmm. Kevin Scott must have uh I, I, maybe not. Maybe he was a fan before. But Kevin and Scott must have rubbed off with on Bischoff about Warren Zevon because if you watch Kevin's Kevin Nash and Scott Hall through their careers, they reference Warren Zevon songs all the time. Yeah. So that's why I was just saying like Bischoff must have been like, oh, they like Zevon, so I'm gonna drop a Zevon line. But yeah, you're right. It's I remember this. It's it's slick. Like like I can you like there's no way that that like I don't care if you're a professional wrestler, whatever, you get hit in the head with a fucking cup of ice from that kind of a trajectory and distance, it's going to fucking hurt. <laughs> you know Not, what I mean? Yeah. Like, our heads are all built the same. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, yeah, Scott, he didn't sell it. He just went. And then Bishop <laughs> in the back going, and then his hair was perfect. <laughs> I'm like, those two, like, that was awesome. <laughs> Even I was like, I'll give Bischoff that shit. That was slick too. Like, yeah. So anyway, that happened. Um, and then Mike and Bobby they come out and they replace the Bisco. And Shivani says this, and I think it's the first time I've heard him say it. Something to like this ridiculous con- uh, like extent. He said nineteen ni- the nineteen ninety seven uncensored. He says, Mike, you have to admit the WCW 1997 Uncensored was the number one most remember the number one most memorable night in the history of WCW. <laughs> and Tanae had to be like, You're right, Tony. It was amazing. <laughs> like, really? It's more memorable than like, you know, when Hulk Hogan came in. Or like the Great American Bash '88. Yeah, I guess that technically wasn't WCW. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's more memorable than when Sting beat Flair for the WCW Championship and became our first like legitimate WCW champion. It's more amazing than that. You fucking idiot. Anyway, um, the next match is supposed to be Alex Wright and Mark Starr versus Jeff Jarrett. And Mongo McMichael. And I was watching the entrance. I'm like, because I watched the entrances, but once the Mongo McMichael Jeff Jarrett tag team match starts and the bell rings, I, I zip through it. Um, but that never happened because the public enemy attacks um, Mongo and Jarrett in the rain in, in the in the way because they're now feuding. Um, it is kind of funny because like they attack them. And but then Deborah ends up picking up the, the the plastic trash can and hitting Johnny Grunt with it. <laughs> Why it was funny, but he's, he's just like boom, and they hit him with it. He spins around, he's like, "What the fuck?" Anyway, um, they end up chasing off the public enemy. Um, then Lee Marshall, he's out here with a road report, and he's in he's in Duluth. That's apparently where. Bob Dylan was raised and he tries to make some sort of like um, like weasel Bob Dylan lyric joke that I didn't even write down. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and um, he's talking about how like 
it's 19 degrees right it was 19 degrees when we got here and it's all the way down to 13 now and and uh, it's getting even colder there's 11 inches of snow and Duluth is sold out but we're trying to have this nitro party and then he makes these stupid Bob Dylan jokes and then Bobby's like really really how dumb is he he's like you already sold all the tickets and he's still there he's still there in that cold place trying to sell tickets that they're already sold out stupid Lee Marshall. It's like, why doesn't he leave? And it's like, he's got a point. Like, why are you having a nitro party? <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> like, you promoted everything there is to promote. If it's sold out, get out, get out now. Anyway, um, the next match is Scott Norton versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. That's kind of, a, kind of a mismatch. Yes, it's like I like these guys. I like both of these people, but I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to watch them wrestle. And it is very boring because Chavo just keeps doing stuff to to Norton and bouncing off of him. It's not even like the big man, little man thing where like the little guy finally gets him, like mm-hmm. he's bouncing off of him, and then Norton gives him like a wicked ass power bomb and pulls him one, two, three. And that's all they do with that. Like I said, this the some of these matches were booked like it was like some people didn't show up at a house show. That's what it sounds. Like. <laughs> but that's not even what it is. Um, then there's a stupid um, Dennis Rodman Hulk Hogan promo, and Hogan's doing that heel promo that he did that I hated. Um, he he would do it every once in a while, but it was when he would. Talk in a lower voice. Yeah. Yeah. The NWO brothers were out here hanging and banging with Dennis Rodman. And we're, it's like, uh, like, you know, it's like, it's almost like it's like he's, he's cutting this thing like it's going to be on fucking E Entertainment Television or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I fucking hate it. It is, it is Hulk Hogan. All right. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go on and on and on. But Hogan, at times, oh, God damn it! How do I want to say this? Because you, you said E Entertainment Television. So what I'm trying to say is, it's Hulk Hogan at times would think of himself as an actor instead of a wrestler. If that makes sense. Yeah. And that's that's the vibe that you get when he does these kind of things. Like he's right now, he's not cutting this promo thinking of himself as a, as a wrestler. He's thinking of himself as uh, what's my next movie going to be or whatever, you know. So <clears throat> that's that's I, I really can't formulate my thought and what I know what I want to say. But he's looking at himself more. You saying E makes it all tie together. He's looking at himself more as an entertainer than a wrestler cutting a promo. And then, you're right, it sucks. Like I was like, everything about like when Hogan would come out and just be like, "Listen here, Piper, with your one hip and your stupid kid and shit like that." Like that's fun. But when he's just like, "Me and the Rodster, yeah, we're on the set of Time Cop, brother, and we're here to take over." It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so anyway, like I said, I don't like Dennis Rodman at all. So when I see him, I'm just like, ugh. Well, um, that happened, and then the outsiders they come out and they they're gonna have their match. 
they're going to bring out the team they decided to get a shot tonight. And it is uh, Bunkhouse Buck and Mike Enos. I thought Bunkhouse Buck was gone. Yeah, he ain't. <laughs> he's back. Either that or he's just living in Savannah and there's just, he just showed up. I'd always want Jimmy Golden around, but I just like Jimmy Golden. But anyway, um, probably around this time, it was probably around this time his son Jack Swagger was born. Yes, <laughs> underrated tag team, underrated tag team, Jimmy Golden, Robert Fuller, underrated yep. fucking tag team. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if those guys wouldn't have been guys that just wanted to stay home. I think they could have been something in like WCW, NWA as a tag team. But anyway, um, um. They they did. I think they were selling it in the arena as like these guys. They weren't really doing it on commentary so much of the oh they just picked these guys because they want to be like an easy match or whatever. But I, I think that's what they were trying to get at because the outsiders are kind of dominating them for a little bit. But then like Bunkhouse Buck and Mike, you know, kind of start lighting it up a little bit on the outsiders. And like they're like, what the fuck? So they end up having to like do some underhanded shit and they end up. Obviously, beating um, Mike Enos and Bunkhouse Buck when uh, Scott Hall gets the outsider's edge on Mike Enos. And I actually like this match because it's four dudes that I, well, six or five actually, because X Pac was out there. So it's like five guys I really dig. And I kind of enjoyed this match. Um, there's not really a whole lot to say on, on that unless you got anything else. Nope. All right, then we see a promo from Roddy Piper from out from Uncensored, just about talking about how um, Arn and and Flair aren't there, and he's got kind of like the half the Horsemen, and he doesn't think they're going to be ready. And then Chris Benoit comes out with a woman, and they beat they beat Billy Kidman in like a minute and a half. And Mean Gene goes into interviewing Chris Benoit. And as Chris Benoit is being interviewed, Ric Flair comes out, and the people lose their fucking minds. So they haven't seen Flair forever, and here he just shows up. Um, Benoit basically talks about how he's broken Kevin Sullivan, and Kevin Sullivan should just stop. He's like, stop coming after me, because I'm just going to keep breaking you. Apparently they did some segment on, I don't know if it was Saturday night or whatever, where Kevin Sullivan's son, Ben, came out and disowned him, like said he didn't want to be his dad anymore, and took your woman your son doesn't want to be around you just just stop kevin just stop before you don't have anything anymore you know like basically benoit was saying if you stop coming at me i'll stop taking pieces of your life away from you is what he's right. basically saying and um flair i noticed when he's got his promo and it's weird because i was like oh maybe it's an arena thing but nobody else is wearing them flair um has on a green um, um, bar bracelet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had just gotten back from one. Or <laughs> I forgot to take it off from the night before, but he, he's got on his like Ric Flair stuff or whatever, but he's still got the green bar bracelet. <laughs> I'm thinking what he's about to say is true. Um, he tells Piper, he's like, Piper back, basically he's like, Piper back in the day, you were the guy that you went with. You were the guy that if you wanted to see where you stood in that locker room in this business outside of the ring, like not in the ring, but like out of the ring in the, in the bars and this, that, and their thing. If you, 
wanted to see where you stood. You went with Piper. And he goes, and now you want to go to your wife and your babies. And like he's mocking him for that, you know. He goes, and you said you wanted to know where I was last night. He was like, I was there in Savannah doing shots and hanging with the women. I think I believe it because he's still wearing his party bracelet. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know if he just thought, oh, I'll, I'll put one on and it'll be funny. I, but I think he just. There are there aren't enough certs in the world to get that smell off your breath. <laughs> so I don't I don't think he I don't I don't know. I just noticed it. Um so basically saying that he was in Savannah um getting shots and ass all night. Roddy Piper is whipped by his wife, and that um it wasn't the horseman that dropped the ball last night, it was Roddy Piper, and that's the reason that Team Piper lost. And Chris Benoit agrees with him, <clears throat> but Piper's not there to defend himself, at least this week. So obviously we're moving into Roddy Piper feuding with Ric Flair. Um, then we get Michael Buff. Let's see anything on that. No, nope. so we're almost done with the show here. Um, Michael Buffer is here to introduce our main event. And our main event is um, the Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry. That's how you said it. Sister, Sister Sherry. Sherry. Versus the Steiner brothers. And um, I'm sure that didn't disappoint. It did not, but it also didn't have a lot of time. What was in it was good because um, the match is going and then automatically the entire NWO just bum rushed the ring. Like, and and Bobby was like, I knew it. He's like, you knew that was going to happen. Like, Mm -hmm. like, this wasn't going to happen. Um, and they're all beating down Harlem Heat and the Steiner brothers. Even Hogan's out there. They're talking about, like, even Hogan's out here, you know. So Hogan doesn't usually do, like, bum rush attacks and shit, you know. There's a reason Hogan's out there. Uh, but they're beating them down. And then Luger and the Giant, they end up coming out. <clears throat> and... um they run off the NWO and then there's like a big explosion from the top of the building and Sting repels to the ring, lands in the middle and is standing with um, giant Luger, the Harlem Heat and the Steiner brothers. And they're talking about this is WCW, WCW stands tall. And, and he's like pointing at Hogan and Hogan's like, he's pointing at me. The Sting's like, he's pointing at me. And, 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 Bobby's like, you're damn right. He's pointing at you. Like, you're done, man. <laughs> like, because, you know, Bobby hates Hogan or whatever. But, and that is how it goes off with Hogan freaking out because Sting is basically letting him know like, you're, you're a March man now. I, I and, and also very effective. Yes. Because, I mean, you take the giant out of the equation. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying giant wasn't WCW, but what I'm saying is, you take the giant out of the equation and all of the guys you mentioned across that ring were WCW before Hogan came around. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a symbolism, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, very effective. And they're all very happy that Sting's back with them mm-hmm. and the fucking people are losing their goddamn mind. Um, now, when I said that night, when I said that Raw was a better show than Nitro, it wasn't even me saying that this was like a shitty Nitro because it really wasn't. Uh, like, 
the things they did to, to move their storylines along were, mm. were actually effective. And the rest of it was just kind of filler. But what they did that was important, they did well on this show, I think. And it wasn't anything. Like, I wasn't done watching the show. And it was like, that was trash. I was just like, all right, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it was what it was. So. To to bu- to bookend <laughs> to bookend your show, because we talked about Selsun Blue. Yes. At the beginning of the program, we were like, does that even still exist? And it does. I mentioned certs, and I was like, I haven't seen certs in a minute. I'm <laughs> certain they probably still exist. That was a joke. Certain. <laughs> hey Certs were discontinued in 2018. Oh. Possibly for having partially hydrogenated cottonseed oil, which is not allowed as an ingredient in foods sold in the USA. <laughs> so, no what more certs. What were we eating? Like, what? what? <laughs> they were discontinued in 2018. 18. But people have been sucking on them since, like, the 1920s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm certain <laughs> that oh. that was not good. Certs. I want to see. I want to see what cert. You remember certs? I remember certs, but I want to see something. Certs mints. Yes. Image of a cert. (laughs) Where's my image of a cert? Yeah, that's not the same one. I was like, isn't that the thing that uh, George Steele would get his tongue green with? I'm like, no, no, no. But yeah, then I, then I saw the certain. I'm like, yeah, that's the one that had a little specks or whatever on it. Mm-hmm. I, I used, to, I used to, I used to use certs all the time. Yeah, the cert was the thing they said that if you put your sat in a dark room and looked at somebody and they bit it, they'd see you'd see a spark. Spark. Yep. <laughs> and they were still let us eat them, <laughs> and it's because the reason you saw the spark was because it had hydrolytic fucking. What did you say? Hydrogenated cottonseed oil. Yeah, which causes many explosions <laughs> in your fucking mouth. Good lord. <laughs> anyway. Do you? <laughs> I don't, you don't have to tell me. I'll look it up. But anyway. <laughs> Stephen P. New shut the cert business down, I think. <laughs> but anyway. Um, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight for the year that was or today, tomorrow, whatever, whenever you're listening. Thank you for listening. Um, just a reminder that next week, next week is a big one. We will be recording and reviewing WrestleMania 13. So this won't be a Nitro Raw episode. It'll be a single pay-per-view but also a very significant and important pay-per-view, um, WrestleMania 13. Um, WrestleMania that I've heard people say is what, like, I've seen it where it's listed as one of the worst WrestleMania pay-per-views of all time. I'm going to debuff that or debunk that next week when I stand on this fucking hill. <laughs> Anybody that wants to try to tell me it's bad can bring it on. It's in my top three. So with that being said, um, Nate, you got anything? I do not. All right. Um, thank you guys for listening. Remember to listen to all the other shows on the We Can't Wrestle 
Podcast Network. Um, we're getting them all back on track. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. And see you next week.